0: Welcome to Vintage Burn, this is Kev,
1: Marco, and Doug,
0: and we're back, it's 2021, and we have been lazy as fuck, obviously, we missed out in January, we apologize to you guys, but we were really just trying to figure out what do we do, this is season 3 for us, and we're so, I I think we all feel lucky that we even made it this far,
2: (laughs) yeah, absolutely,
0: so, I mean, um, you know, we, we came up with a good game plan. We're hoping to bring you guys some really good content this year. We're going to do, we have our reviews already lined up. Um, we're going to even try to maybe get some t-shirts together. I'm, I'm in the process of looking at a site. It's funny, you guys. I uh, So, I had a prior end endeavor that I was doing years ago involving, like, brewery stuff, and I tried to log in, and for whatever reason, I just can't get into the account. So, I'm probably going to start one from scratch for us, but... Most likely, um, you know, to all of you listening out there, we are going to try to put some shirts together. We'll make sure that they're quality. And um, yeah, hopefully we have some people out there that are willing to buy some of the merch that we're going to put together. So that's something to look forward to for 2021. We are in the process of trying to get a couple interviews together um, in the metal and rock world with some artists. We'll see how that pans out. We had some luck last year with a couple artists. And of course, uh, you know, it's really, we, we reach out. Sometimes we get responses, and we get things set up, and sometimes we can't. So we will see. Um, right now, the one I have in the pipeline, and I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not, is um, the legendary Jim Dofka from the band Dofka in the 80s. Uh, you might know him with his work with the progressive metal band Pharaoh. He's working on their new record. He has a new Dofka record coming out. Uh, we, just, we just contacted each other the other day, and he is definitely interested. So he's probably going to be on the cast at some point this year when both of those records drop so hopefully that kicks us off with uh you know at least one metal artist so man i'd love to get love to get like a uh somebody from the movie world on um but that's been hard too so we tried to get uh katrina bowman but that didn't pan out i don't i told her to look at the podcast we talked on instagram really quick and then i don't know she probably saw the content was like fuck
2: these guys (laughs) <laughs> I don't blame her.
0: So close.
2: We were so close to Katrina. So close. Oh, All right. But
0: yeah. So tonight we're kicking it off. It's February and we're ready for summer. So we're gonna do 1983's sleepaway camp.
2: Yes. All right. So 1983's sleepaway camp. And for the listeners out there, mostly cousin Kev, uh, we're changing the format a little bit. We're kind of going back to the old school way we used to do it, where. We're just going to kind of keep it light, talk about fun facts, favorite scenes, opinions, um, and then everything in between because that's just what we do. But um, so I, I think this will go a little bit smoother, a little more easy, um, easier on the ear listening wise. But so yes, 1983 Sleepaway Camp, ranking it at uh, 6.3 on the IMDb scale, uh, 3.5, oh, god damn it, 350K uh, budget. It made about 11 million. So it made about 30 or so times what it cost. So it wasn't, it definitely wasn't a flop, but a lot of people, it's become a, a cult classic over the years for a few different reasons, which we'll get into. But, um, you know, it, it, it right on the heels of, you know, the early uh, Friday the 13th and those. So uh, let's start off with a little synopsis here. Angela Baker, a shy, traumatized young girl, is sent to summer camp with her cousin. Shortly after her arrival, everyone with sinister or less than honorable intentions, gets hurt or gets their comeuppance. So that's kind of the basis. Uh, Starring Felissa Rose as Angela and Jonathan Tierston as Ricky. And also Jonathan Tierston has a movie called Toilet Zombie Baby Strikes Back coming out in 2021. Make sure to see that, folks. Make make sure that's the first one you see in the theater. (laughs) I just thought that that was great. It, it does. Like, the cover looks great. You know, I you know you always go through the actors and be like, oh, shit, this dude is in that, that dude is in that. Like, um, the Marco, the black um, or an African-American cook uh, in this, it was actually in The Sting.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, like, familiar. And I love The Sting. I've seen that movie multiple times. I didn't put it together, but that makes sense. I, I, makes a I didn't sense. either,
2: but I'm the same. I'm like, I know this guy somehow. But, uh, yeah, so uh, written... Written directed by Rob, Hilt, Rob Hiltzik, uh, who actually went to the camp that they filmed at. And he basically had his hands in all four of the films. Now, if you look on IMDb, there's a, like a mystery number four that never actually happened. So it's like one, two, three, and then they made one in like 2008 where Phyllis uh, actually came back. So there's that like yeah, mystery they, film.
1: Yeah, I think they got like five or six cast members back in that one.
2: Yeah, they got they got a good chunk. Which I actually, I actually enjoy this franchise thoroughly. Have you guys really d- dived into like the other movies? No, like, the sequels. I've
1: only seen just two, and uh, and I think I saw part of three, but uh, I I've only ever seen two. One and two. Do,
0: do we really need to? <laughs> uh,
2: well, it, it I just, think two it, is great. Two is great. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Marco, bonus points if you know who sings the uh, intro song to two. Do you remember? No, oh, I have no idea. It's um, it's an Anvil song, which I always thought's kind of funny because you know they, in the whole Anvil movie, like we never got our start and we never got a chance. Like, you know, being in like a a cult horror flick, you know, in the '80s, how, how is that not you know how did they not blow up then? Kind of just blows my uh, mind. I don't think the movie did so well. <laughs> no, but you think you think that like metalheads and horror, metal and horror has gone gone, you know kind of hand in hand so you think in like the 80s like the kind of the heyday i think it was like 88 or 89 you know you think they would have had some like like bigger stardom or a little more traction just from being in the movie i right? don't know
1: i just think they got forgotten man they got passed by i mean they were good like for a couple records and then like everybody outdid them i think that was the problem
2: oh uh, they kind of stagnated and they got passed by yeah i mean the, the first
1: two albums are very influential and then after that i just think everybody who they influenced became better
2: <laughs> so I don't know. I don't think
1: Anvil's the greatest band. Good live band though. I love them live.
2: No, they are fun. And they definitely have some catchy uh some catchy songs and shit, but
1: So I wanna talk about I wanna open up with just saying it starts with a boat accident, father dies, appears the daughter dies. Looks like the the uh, the son kind of swims away. But this is where I I just need to talk about the beginning of this movie because it, it fucking blew my mind when I watched it, and then it, it shows them later with an aunt, Ricky and Angela, and the aunt's a cra- crazy overactor, but I think that's done intentionally. You know, I packed you some snacks for yeah. the ride. You know, like yeah, I think she's crazy supposed shit, to be but-
2: nuts. Goodness, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. that wouldn't do at all, would it? No,
0: yeah, but it's like, it's like the mother from uh, or the grandmother from Flowers in the Attic, you know.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good connection. A
1: it good definitely connection. gives yeah, you... Yeah, I
2: agree with that, Kev. Dude, does she look like the girl from Elf to you guys, like an older version?
0: Oh, my girl, uh, Zoe Chanel.
2: <clears throat> yeah. She looks like an old, like an older, old, well, like middle-aged version of Zoe. I
0: don't uh, know why that popped in my head like when I was
2: watching bit, it. Yeah.
0: Shout out to New Girl. Definitely, definitely. Everybody should watch that show.
2: But
1: what I really want to get to is when the kids arrive at the camp. They're going to camp, right? She packs some snacks for camp. And uh, they're getting off the bus, and it pants to the cook and the, uh, the black fella, the, co- the, uh, the assistant cook there. And the cook, the white big white dude says, hey, look at those young, fresh chickens. Where I come from, they call them baldies. <laughs> <laughs> then they make your mouth water. Right? <laughs> then, then the black guy says, they're too young to understand what you're talking about. And the cook responds with, no such thing as being too young. You're just uh. too old. Uh, and then like the black guy just laughs it off. It's gotta be the cringiest scene
2: d- I've yeah. ever
1: you know, like <laughs> it's funny, I completely forgot that ever happened. And I've seen this movie multiple times. And I know there's the scene later in, in like the uh in the pantry or whatnot, but like that shit just made me like sick. Like nauseated me. It, it was just so bad. And the look on his face, man, it just ugh.
2: Cause he looks like a pedophile in real life, you know. He he just right. he's like the quintessential fucking like pedophile looker. But you know, in in the eighties, that shit was kind of. I don't say it went under the radar, but like shit like that happened like all the time, and it kind of you know. I, I don't want to say it's it's right or anything like that, but it just kind of wasn't as known as a thing. It wasn't like as um the spotlight was on. So that you know. But then it's amazing. Well, not amazing, but it's great how she gets. Or if someone gets revenge on him almost immediately, you know, right after this. Doug, pedophiles, right, yeah, that's
0: why pedophiles in Hollywood, you use that in the past tense. Like, that's
1: not happening still. <laughs>
2: well, I'm, I'm saying just every, everywhere, but yeah, yeah it's especially true. in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah.
1: I know you're talking about on film, though. Yeah, things are a lot different. You know, like uh, today, you can't get away with half the shit you put out. You think, like, again, I know it's old hat. We've gone to this a thousand times, with like a movie like Bla- Blazing Saddles just would not be made today. Oh yeah, you know it—it it can't be made today. You know, like, and I think a lot of those type of scenes, um, just you're not going to see anymore, unless you know, obviously, it's in like a more serious movie. You're just not going to see that. It's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's insane. It's it, just the way it came off was just really disturbing to me.
2: Yeah, and I think that's kind of half the the point too. They want to kind of like creep you out. It's like, what kind of place is this that all these kids are going to? And it kind of just sets that fucked up tone.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I, I just want to walk through the beginning of this movie. I know we said we're going to do it different, but, like, I just like no. how oh, this, this whole thing ends up. Because, you know, you meet Judy, who uh, Ricky dated the summer before. She apparently grew tatas. And, uh, you know, and her friends, you know, don't really like Angela. They catch her staring at her and, uh, you know, at Judy or whatever. And, and they start giving her shit, especially Meg, Judy and Meg. Oh, yeah. And then the uh, they're they're in the cafeteria eating and uh, big beefy guy. Asked if uh, she hasn't eaten, you know, or she hasn't eaten in three days or whatever. And then so he gets her in. He brings her into the, the, the kitchen to find her something to eat. He's like, oh, give her some ice cream, some nice nutrition. And then uh, he leaves her with the cook, and he takes her into the walk-in or, or the uh, pantry, tells her he's got something for her, and starts unbuckling his pants. But luckily, Ricky walks in, and then, yeah, he ends up punching the thing and and, and fucking... Punch of the box and tells tell Ricky if you say anything I'll kill you. But then the very next scene is uh he's cooking corn in this big,
2: you know, pot, huge pot. What we fucking Netflix. Five footer. Easily. That thing would take four years to fucking boil. That is so much water.
1: <laughs> and, and and then I love if he goes in the back of the pantry and then all of a sudden you see somebody sneaking around, you know, like in uh what is it, first person? First mm-hmm. person? Yep. Yeah, first person view. And she hears him come out, which I'm assuming it's her, but you you don't know at this point. But you figure it is, <laughs> and uh, and he comes out. and he's like he opens the pot. He's like, oh nice, it's boiling, and he's standing on a chair because the pot's so fucking high. And then all of a sudden, the chair gets pulled out from under him, and he loses you know he is uh, whatever his uh, balance or whatever. So he's hanging on the shelf, and she pulls the chair fully out, and then the pot comes with him. And it leads to the, one of the coolest things. is It's the boiling water goes all over him. And then his face, you know, with the blisters just popping up and stuff. It's just, it was so good, and he fucking deserved it, man. And I don't know if that guy actually ended up dying because he just gets taken away, still alive.
2: Yeah, they, they um, don't oh, really...
1: Man, that dude, I hope he lived out for a while being punished.
2: <laughs> dude, and I, yeah. I love the cop, too. The cop's talking. He's like, wow. He's like, he must be on fire. Every inch of his body must be on fire. You know, he just keeps, like... Going into detail about how much pain he probably is probably is in.
0: I I think that was my favorite scene of the movie. I was going to mention that. Um, I'm glad you brought it up, Marco, because I, it's it's my favorite scene. It's like the most justified kill.
2: You know, I'm going to agree with you, Kev. I, I was going to say the same thing. It just, you're right, justified. That's the perfect way of putting it. Like swift oh, justice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because some of them, you know, like when we're going to get to it later or whatever, like the, uh, like... The water balloon kill, you know. She, you know, the guy oh. gets killed because he nailed her with a water balloon, and then like, <laughs> well, you know, what bring, I think it's
0: funny. About... Bring up all the go kills. Ahead. I mean, we're not. There's nothing. No, we, need, no, to, you know, we need to go in any order anymore. So, like, just name them all off. We got most justified kill is definitely that that scene with the petty. So, what what about the other kills, Marco? Name them all off. Oh, baby. we'll go
1: with it. Look, oh, and I wanted to just say one more thing. When the cops are in and they're taking the body out, they really need to change the fly traps. I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but all oh. the fly traps <laughs> have a
2: million flies on them. When, when Mel's talking to the black cook, like, there's two of them right next to their faces, and they're like, there's two of them, they're just full, fucking full of flies.
1: Yeah, yeah. that was
2: pretty, pretty gnarly. So there's a
1: softball scene, which is a lot of shit talking and gambling. We'll pass that. They just, oh, we'll get him back. Uh, Ricky's team wins, and the older kids are like, we'll get him back. But then there's the dance scene where Angela's sitting there just by herself. And they're like, oh, let's go get her to, like, I, I don't know if it was skinny dip or whatever. I forget what it was. But but so these guys, the guys that were playing against Ricky's team, which Ricky's her cousin. I don't know if we uh, explained that. Angela's cousin. Um, they start making fun of her. So Ricky comes over, and he's like, you know, um you know, leave her alone, whatever, and they start fighting, they start scrapping. So the dude hits Ricky and it leads to uh, later a canoe scene where um the the other girls and, and those guys from the fucking softball, they're going down, they're like, Oh, let's go for a canoe ride. So forget yeah, what's what's the name of the guy that takes uh you know that gets killed next. Do you know Peter? Is it Peter? No, no, Peter's uh kid might kid. be the kid with the bandana.
2: Yeah, I I, I, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Oh, you know what? I got the kills right here. Shit. Kenny. Kenny. And Kenny, by the way, is actually the situation from Jersey Shore's brother. If, if you didn't know that. No shit, huh? Yep, yep. I got some cool facts. I found a lot of shit on this movie. But anyway, he takes this girl out. He flips the canoe. She gets all pissed off. He wa- And he actually, he keeps saying, oh, look out for the snakes and turtles and shit. And... Uh, so she swims away, and then another person pops up. All you see is the back of the head, and he's like, what are you doing here? Then all of a sudden, she pulls his head down, and she drowns him. And I don't know if you want to describe when they find him, Doug,
2: because I feel like I'm talking a lot right now. So, yeah, the, the next morning, um, I don't even know who the other guy is. It's not the main Jack dude. It's, like, another, like, counselor. He comes down, and he's wigging out because there's, like, chairs in the water and, you know, shit everywhere, and he's like, the hell is this doing over here? And he goes over and flips over the canoe. And it kinda of reminded me of like Halloween three with like the melted pumpkin and like this like the snake coming out of the kid's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the makeup on that one was actually pretty good. Like that that's the thing with this movie that I've noticed. Like, some scenes are really good, but then some scenes it's like they use raspberries as like sting wounds, you know? I
0: right, I just right. gotta point out here, man, this movie couldn't be any closer to Friday
2: the thirteenth. You think it's that similar, yeah.
0: huh? Oh my I god. I think it's relatively I mean, similar. The yeah. camp, the kids, uh I mean the <laughs> boats you know, I mean I water, boat, air boat scenes. Yeah, I mean
1: it's it, and you then know. especially like the first one, like the first one, Kevin, it's it's all the kills are in first person. Mm-hmm. Well, not all the kills, but a few of the kills are in first person, so it's, exactly. I
2: see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. And they're both very. Like a, go ahead. I was gonna say they're both very similar, whereas they kind of have this, you know, surprise ending that nobody really saw coming. You know what I mean? Which the other ones after that, it's like you know exactly what's going on. Blah blah blah. But like these uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the first one, and then this first sleepaway camp, they just have that surprise factor. Right. Yep.
1: Yeah. And, and and what I did love about that scene, though, when they find him, is the snake pops out of him when he's he's literally giving the girl shit that she's gonna get attacked by snakes.
2: Yeah. And I thought
1: that was pretty cool. You know, like I I love how they connected that and they did that. I think uh, whoever thought to do that, hey, man, that was great. You know, I, I you know I love that scene too. You know, and then if we go on uh pooping beat death. You know <laughs> which. Uh, Which is led to by uh, a water balloon uh, hitting Angela, and then the counselor telling her, oh, go change before you catch pneumonia. One water balloon. I don't (laughs) think that's going to cause pneumonia, especially when it's supposed to be summer. But whatever. Can we
0: we just point out the camp counselor, the 70s looking juice head?
1: Yeah, beefy guy. Yeah, uh, Mike.
0: Awful actor, terrible acting, and he's even in. I, I think they even brought him back for like the the remake that they just did, or the or the uh, the the sequel they they made. Yeah, he he, he, he was in
2: the yeah he was in the 2008. Um, I don't say reboot, but it's kind of a kind of a reboot, but not. Nah. But yeah, he was in that one. The one with uh, Felissa.
0: Still bad acting.
2: <clears throat> I mean, he was hired based on his appearance and his ability to wear short shorts yeah dude he had he had hard hard camel tail going on like in mm-hmm. uh, oh,
1: that opening bo- go, real quick going back to that opening boat scene where kills Angela's father right like when they're switching uh, to drive you know how the girl and the boys switch and that's how the accident happens because she's just bitching and not paying attention mm-hmm. you definitely see testicle right there there is some testicle that dude's short shorts are ridiculous <laughs> who, who is the dad on the boat no, 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 no. The the, the dudes who run him over, the girl and the, the boy.
2: Oh, the kid mm-hmm. in the boat. The the creepy yes. ginger? Yes. Okay. I didn't I did not notice. I was looking at her, not him, but that's cool.
0: Marco, we're we glad you took the time to investigate that.
2: It was not easy to miss. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll have to Oh dude, it's so funny though. I'm, I'm actually watching the background, the water balloon balloon scene just popped on. There you go. And you're about um, to see pooping bee death.
1: Why don't you take us into that one, Douglas?
2: All right. So, well, yeah, after the, um, the pneumonia water balloon incident, uh, I forget his name, too, but he, he goes in. He's like, oh, I'll meet you down there. I'm going to take a shit. Do you know his name? It's Billy. Billy. I got them all. I got them all right here. Billy. I got the deaths. I just didn't do the names. I kind of got lazy with the names on this one. but
1: Well, so he, I got a – hold on real quick. I, I'm on a page where it actually says every death and uh, name and who, who it is and how they were killed. So, I got them all.
2: All right, then. Cool. So, so, he goes into the stall to take a shit, as he says. And uh, you just see, like, a broomstick kind of, like, <whistles> kind of get go between the handles uh, of, the, of the two stalls. So, he's kind of locked in there. I mean, but then he's a young, beefy guy. You know, he could have easily knocked it down, which he does eventually. But, you know, but then all of a sudden you see a knife come and cut the screen and you see a beehive kind of get, like, Lowered in and kind of dropped. You just hear the bees buzzing around, and he ends up breaking out. And then yeah, so this is the raspberry scene I was talking about. Like the the death scene right before this was was so good makeup wise. This one here, like I'm pretty sure you can see like raspberries on his arms as like like wounds, like multiple wounds. Um, Made me hungry. Yeah, and then uh, speaking of hungry, (laughs) I guess the that is like the last scene before they pan away. It's like him laying down, face down, and like the side of his face is just like. Completely covered with bees and I guess they use some kind of like nectar or whatever the hell bees like covered cover like a dummy's face to get like like that scene with all the bees, which I thought was kinda of cool. You know, yeah, the practical awesome, effects. Man. Yeah, there's no CGI in this obviously, you know? No, and like,
1: it's it's pre pre CGI.
2: Yeah. So like in like the boiling water scene, like the reason why he's laying on the floor like that, there's actually a guy underneath kinda of like pumping saline to like get the um the blisters to like look like they're pulsating like you were talking about. Yeah, it's cool. awesome.
1: A great job, man. I, I thought that that one looked... That was my favorite. You know, like we said already. It's the most justified death in this movie.
2: Yeah, and just, right out so
1: of the... So well done.
2: Right out and of the gate,
1: too. Yeah, man. And then, uh... Just to, I'm just gonna run quickly through the story. I don't have everything written down, but, you know, Paul, uh... This dude, Paul, it takes a liking to Angela, and he... I mean, they already talked. She actually... For, she didn't speak for the first 30 minutes of the movie, but she spoke to him and said goodnight, and then she starts speaking after that, but... Um, he ends up, uh, kissing with Angela on the ground and Angela's like, no. And then it goes into this weird memory sequence of um, two gay fathers. Yes. Yeah. And it's two dudes like laying in a bed and then it's like her and her brother and they're fucking pointing at each other. It was just kind of weird. Like, I mean, it just was odd. Was, just, was there a point to that know? scene? No, that's why I'm bringing it up. I just didn't really understand it. Like, I understand the stuff with the aunt, because the aunt, you know, later on, we come to find out that the aunt wanted a girl or whatever. Like, we're not doing this in order, so we can kind of skip around on that shit. But, but it, it was just odd to me. I just didn't understand the relevance of showing, like, were they trying to be, like, uh, before their time with putting, like, a couple gay dudes on screen? Or, like, I don't know. Un- I didn't understand it.
2: Yeah, like I could, I could understand the flashback. You know, being she has trauma and she's reliving this, and that's what's fueling maybe her, you know, the killings and stuff. But yeah, like the the gay dads, yeah, maybe they're just trying to be like edging ahead of their time. You know, that's this, wasn't this a super common was, thing.
0: Which this movie was trying to be shock value. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it was. They they knew that they were not reinventing the wheel, um, with with the gore kills, obviously. I mean, they they really couldn't master what was done in Friday the Thirteenth and all of the practical effects that were done by um, the legendary um, oh my god I can't remember his name I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on him how how the fuck could I uh, Tom Tom Savini so you know I, I think they knew okay we got to up the game and they went for not they not only went for gore. But they also went for shock value, which was, let's throw everything uncomfortable in society at the audience and see how they react to it. Pedophiles, cringe. Um, Homosexuality, cringe. Uh, uh, Child-on-child pornography, cringe. I mean, they did everything possible to make you uncomfortable. So it wasn't just the kills. It was the discomfort of the scenes that we got out of this, which we obviously all remember it. I mean, you can't, how can you not?
2: Dude, Yeah. I, can yeah. See
1: that. I actually, that's, that's a pretty, uh, pretty good uh, spot on,
2: uh, you know. I mean, and later but on, I,
1: I, I... go ahead, Doug.
2: Later on, you got, you know, Mal and Meg who, you know, she, she gets the night off from being a chaperone or whatever. And, uh, you know, she, she goes up to Mal, the old guy, you know, he's old as dirt, you know, and she's like, oh, we still have, still have for that dinner and he's supposed to go to her house. I mean, yeah. she's supposed to go to his house, and that's like another like super cringe moment, you know?
0: Well, in in the of grand course, finale, yeah. the grand finale, of course, another cringe moment. In that time, again, if you watch we'll this, to that. if you watching this movie now, it nothing would surprise you. You'd be like, okay, yeah, well, that's cool, that's innovative, that's it, and that's what we're doing, right? We can sit, but in that moment, put yourself in eighty three, you'd be like
1: what the fuck?
0: Like, all of this stuff, it's just not the reality of 1983. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. You know? That's it, man. I mean... So...
1: Yeah. So, the next murder is, uh... I'll do the setup for it. Judy and Meg, uh... You know, they're messing with Angela again, and they're like, oh, go in the water, go swimming, and all this shit. So, they pick her up, and... They're going to throw her in the water. Meg picks her up. And uh, at the same time as that's going on, uh, Ricky is getting yelled at by Mel for killing everybody. Mel's accusing him, basically, of, you know, causing the deaths and stuff. Because, because you know, he had some moments in this movie where he was fighting people. He was always yelling at people, calling people pussies, cocksuckers, all this shit. And uh, so he sees them while he's getting yelled at, bringing her to the water, you know, carrying her. And so he tries to run off, but Mel grabs him and Holds them there, and we end up uh, throwing them in the water. And uh, he, you know, and then uh, Ricky promises they won't get away with it. That's when you see Ricky say some shit. So you you can see why the guy thinks it might be Ricky. But uh, and then Meg. This leads to the shower scene where Meg wants to take a shower. There's people in line. She's going for that date with old ass Mel, like Doug was talking about.
2: Old so she goes Mel. next door to take a shower. And what happens, Doug? Uh, so she's just rocking out to some tubes, taking a shower, and, uh, all of a sudden you see this creepy dude-ish hand, uh, basically stab through the back of the shower, and just stab her in the back, and run the ne- knife all the way down, basically from her neck to her ass. Just guts her like a fish. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Which I uh, thought was actually pretty well done. I, I thought so, too, because, you know, that's kind of a tough one, too. How do you... I don't. There's the, the certain angles, especially like we we're saying, no CGI. You no, know, that's half the fun. Um, especially like when she's like, you see her dead after. Like the makeup's really good with her when you see her after. Mm-hmm.
1: I just want to know, like, what, what's that wall made out of that she stabbed her through? That like you got a knife through
2: that easy, and you can like drag it, it down and it rolls fine. It's um, it's super thin. It's what they use for like bath liners and shit. They, it's just almost like a um, like a. A fiberglass with like a, on the backside would probably be rough, and the front would be like smooth, but super thin. So that's actually Wait, quite. A, yeah, that'd a be plausible. Girl can hack it. I think so. Well, girl. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, but then again, ripping through a you know a body from neck to spine is challenging anyway. You know, never mind. You know, through a wall, but
0: I think right. it's plausible. So, tell us about your experience.
2: Well, it was one time in college. When was the first time, Doug? It wasn't the last time, was it? (laughs) Oh, so one quick thing I want to get back to, too. Uh, Probably one of the more famous quotes in the movie is when Judy's, it's that scene where Judy's uh, yelling Angela for, you know, staring. What are you looking at? You know, what are you taking a picture? And then, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. she says, she's a carpenter's dream. She's flat as a board, needs a good screw. I was up that, that one. I was, <laughs> that one always cracked me up.
1: Oh, I just, that yeah, was on my well, notes to the last page, so. Oh, that's fine. I was going to write that down, but I, I figured you'd, get, you'd catch that one. I, I yeah. didn't write too much. I just did like a little bit of homework on this. I just yeah. want to get through the deaths for the most part while telling a little bit of why they happened.
2: Oh, dude, and then I would say one of the most awkward deaths is coming up. I think it's chronologically next, which is the... Curling iron in the old crochetino? Nope, not yet. Not yet. Nope? Not yet. That, is there death before no, that?
1: <laughs> there is. It's it's the young campers that, that with the hatchet. It doesn't actually show it, but the guy finds the bodies, remember?
2: Oh you're right. The, the, yeah, yes. It's
1: it's it says death seven through ten, young campers, and they got hatcheted for throwing sand on Angela. Which seems like a very, again, minuscule uh, reason, uh, shitty reason to kill people. Especially, they, they were kids, too. Those were like the young kids, like, you know, seven, eight, nine-year-olds or whatever they were. Ten, maybe.
2: Because the ones like... who were
1: crying that, that you know, they were cold and they didn't want to camp anymore. So he was going to bring them back, and then she hatched uh, a bunch of them.
2: Oh, you're bit. right. You just see, like, a, a pile of, like, red and down feathers everywhere. Right, yeah. It, it it again.
1: It doesn't show, but it does show, like her spot the hatchet, and then you you know, and then it kind of cuts away, and then it, it, they, the guy finds the bodies, and uh, so yeah, man. I thought that one kind of sucked. That was just, like that was disappointing. You know, I didn't realize even what happened until I read this after, and I'm sorry for moving, but I gotta grab a beer.
2: It, it's almost like they were trying to just drive up the kill count, you know, just by. Like, all right, two more, and they're young ones. You know, that counts as four, really. Michael well, Myers Marco, world.
0: Well, Marco's grabbing a beer and uh, talking to himself. I'm gonna let everyone know here that the movie was called something different in, in other countries, or was promoted differently. So, it was known as Nightmare Vacation, Summer Camp Inferno in Japan.
2: Summer in, Camp Inferno. Yeah, nice.
0: Nightmare Vacation, Summer Camp Inferno in Japan. That was a a pretty long title. Uh, Sinister Camp in Brazil. Summer Camp Massacre in France. Angel of Death in Hungary. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Bloody Summer in Germany. No relation to my Bloody Valentine.
2: Uh Um,
0: And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, they must have had to change the name for legal reasons you know in these countries or maybe they were just trying to promote it differently uh, i mean we've all seen like you know movie posters with different titles and, and and like artists calling the albums different names in different countries and stuff like that so um it's interesting
2: <coughs> i really wonder yeah, man, why I, like such a difference you know in so many and in so i so many want, different countries want to too. S-
1: I want to see those posters, too. That'd be cool to track them down. I don't know if we're on the same site, but I was actually going to bring that up, Kevin, and it does say that. If anybody can track them down, send them to me or whatever. It's just like called terror threads I'm getting that from, so shout out to them. Yeah,
0: that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah that's where I'm getting my source, too. So we're looking at the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Five fun facts from Sleepaway Camp. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's the one. By the way, the poster, I gotta... that poster's yeah, sick, I gotta... too. Do they have? It's great. Yeah, man, it is cool. I, I, I love it, man. I think uh, it is a great poster, dude. I'd love to get one. That one, like uh, you know, like we do from the poster company. You get from that, had, like the really yeah. nice ones. Yeah, that'd be sweet. They remade that. Is it like it's the done. American
2: version with like the sneaker and the knife? No, no, um, no. I, lo- I like, love that cover.
0: This is a drawing, and yeah. it looks. It looks like it was a poster that was folded, um, like inside of a vinyl. Album, and it's uh, it's just got blood coming out of all the tents, and it just says away Camp with blood dripping from the, the logo, and it's two trees, and it's got different characters uh, drawn screaming, basically like kill scenes.
2: Nice. All right. Is that that's Terror Threads?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm gonna send you a picture of it now, Doug. Just for the all hell of right. it.
2: So, I'll have to check it anyway,
1: out. Anyway, I want I want you to get into Judy she uh, scene now, but I want to preface it with the original Judy was actually supposed to be played by Jane Krakowski. I think that's how you say her name. And if anybody knows who Jane Krakowski was, she was uh, the blonde in Thirty Rock. She was also Natalie McBeal. Oh no um, shit! Yeah, yeah. I guess she was originally cast. I can't find why she didn't actually do the role. But Judy through this whole movie was a bitch. And I could not stand her and I wanted her to die the whole time. So <laughs> how did she die? You brought you started getting into that. And it's it's the weirdest death too, because where did that curling iron end up? Yo, set it up, buddy. So
2: they're they're smooching, I think, right? I think she's smooching, smooching. with a guy. <laughs> you heard me. So they're smooching, getting hot and heavy. And he's afraid he's gonna get in trouble. Or am I getting the is that true, Marco? Well,
1: yeah, because Mel, Mel walks in looking for Meg because he's supposed to bang the youngin'. and uh, yeah, so he and then he gets he hides under the bed. So when he gets up out of the bed, he's like, "I gotta go," and she's like, "Oh, he's not coming back." And he's like, "You don't know that." And then she gets all mad and you know calls him an asshole or whatever, and he walks away.
2: All right, and that's then right. Leads then, to the kill scene. then she hugs her pillow, potent, and then uh, yeah, so this is. One of the most creative deaths, and I don't know if how you would even die, but it wouldn't be nice. <laughs> but anyway, so you don't see it obviously, but you see like the hand on the, like the curling iron. And the worst part is she like pu- pushes a little lever down too, like flexes it too. You know what I mean? Before you, yeah, you so see, it go you go down see it and separate. And you, yeah, yeah. So you you assume it's going in the old in the old hoo-ha. either the hoo-ha or the. JJ, one or the other. I would imagine the JJ, because I think that that that
1: that's the same thing, isn't it?
2: hoo ha Yeah, the hoo-ha could be an ass though. The hoop No,
1: that's that's the balloon knot.
2: <laughs> Alright, so <laughs> I I think it might have been vaginal. <laughs> but she separated. Do you think it could have been both? Oh, like the 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 one in the pink two of the stink with the curling iron? How does one yes. even die from that? Well that's what I'm saying. I mean Fucking really hurt and probably fuck you up for life, but you know, yeah, I don't know. It,
1: it confused me. I was very thrown by that death, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was wondering the same thing. I would think there would just be very severe burns, maybe lots of pain, uh, but yeah, I would think you would survive it. So maybe something
2: happened after the fact. I don't know, but yeah, she counted as a kill. Maybe she stabbed her with the oh. knife during simultaneously you know, or something.
1: Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about it. She she was suffocated with the pillow at the same time.
2: Oh. Okay. Yeah.
1: So she yeah, she was suffocated and then but but you know, for extra she got a curling iron in her uh in her private areas. It's like a bad it's
0: like a bad snuff film like, you know, choke me out, choke me out while you're fucking me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting scene for sure. And you know, it's like it's one of those scenes like nowadays they would show in complete detail just cuz that's what everyone goes for pure gore now. And that's I don't know, that's I like like I've always said, like all the movies we've done, I like the ones where like you know what's going on, you know what's happening, but you're not seeing it. It's leaving like my imagination is more fucked up than anything I could see on screen, you know? They just kind of do that cuz people nowadays they don't have that kind of uh, imagination, you know. They they need to see it. They need to see that visceral gore. See what it did there? That's, That's right. right. And
1: in this oh, uh, in the in, in the kill count, I have it. Uh, it describes Judy as can't bitch kiss kiss Paul.
2: So there you go. <laughs>
1: So uh, to set up the next murder, since we're just going over the, down the line, is Mel, when he came in with Judy pre, pre-iron pre death, uh, curling iron death, he asked her where Meg was. She told him she was taking a shower. He finds Meg. And, you know, what, it, what I think is funny is when he walks in to the bathroom and uh, her body just happens to fall out when he walks in. Just happens to. He doesn't open the curtain to find her. It just falls out mm-hmm. right through the curtain. So coincidental, which I love. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, he, he, he vows that he's going to stop Ricky because he still feels it's Ricky. So he ends up finding Ricky, and he beats him fucking half to death. And um, so when he walks out into the open, it's, it, and then again, this is kind of like a Friday the 13th scene with the uh, arrow. There's, a, there's an arrow scene in either part two or part three which I think predate this movie. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure it predates the movie. And it's kind of the same death. I don't know if you guys can remember the Friday the 13th death I'm talking about when they uh, turn off all the lights with the fucking target range for bow and arrows. But anyway, uh, he walks vaguely. out and he, and he looks at somebody and he's like, it can't be you. And then he gets shot with an arrow through the throat. So there goes old Mel. Which, he was that scene, shit too.
2: that scene was pretty realistic too, because you see it you you see him from the front. You see the air go, and kind of like you see it go in and stick out the back. You know, there's no Whoa. that must have been kind of a tough scene to do too. Well, oh, because... you got loud. Oh, <laughs> did I? I don't know.
1: <laughs>
2: Kevin, did you notice that?
0: Uh, Doug's always loud. I don't know. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. In
1: yeah. person, I, I get yelled at for being. I got to turn you down here, buddy. In person, I get yelled yeah, out for yeah, being but... too quiet no but you, your headphones for some reason when we do it like this you're always super loud it's crazy but anyway continue with your point
2: I, I was just saying I, I thought that was a pretty good uh, pretty good clean death as far as like um, visual effects you know because like I said it goes in the front okay. and sticks out the back and it's like fuck like there's no smoke and mirrors you know there's no it's not dark it's like I, I just thought that was a um, a good kill yeah, man, it was uh, it was just the, the
1: most simplistic kill. There was no like, you know, chicanery. There was no curling irons. There was no knife to open a, a, a you know a fucking screen to let bees in. It was very easy, <laughs> you know, and that's what I, I found good about it. And uh, leading kind of the end, let's just uh, get down to the end and then talk about what we thought about this shit. But uh, but yeah, Paul, uh, Paul, who is Angela's love interest, who. He, she also caught in the in the movie, we didn't mention, but kissing Judy and whatever, whatever. But she forgave him at that point, at that time. Uh, he goes and he apologizes again or whatever. I can't remember exactly what, what they said. But she tells him to meet him on the waterfront. Mm-hmm. And then after after that, they, they find Ricky. Uh, the counselor finds Ricky, nearly beaten to death. They hear a scream. Uh, they run over. and Now, the cops are there at that point. The guy, the mustached cop. They find Meg, and then it shows the, the beefy dude and the other counselor or whatever, the female counselor. I can't remember who she is, but they hear some humming. So it goes down. You want to describe it, Doug? Because you love
2: this scene. You always send me pictures of it. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, you hear like like it's almost like a humming or like a singing coming from like a the dark beach, you know, on the shallow shore. And they kind of walk down and then, so I, I can't, I'm a little foggy because I'm, I just can't see, like, her green screaming face after. Um, but so w- they go to, what, see if, she, she ends up, basically they call her name and she ends up turning around with Paul's head and she's bare ass for some reason. And she's hanging dong and we find out that Angela's a fucking boy. And the whole movie mm-hmm. kind of starts to like, oh, okay, that explains Makes the sense. weird, like the third. So it's funny the um the third, um, I mean the first person scenes with like the hands. Those are actually Ricky's hands in most of the scenes because like she was so young, her parents didn't want her to be involved in some like the murder scenes. So that's why like you see like a masculine veiny hand when she's supposed to be like a like a thirteen year old girl, you know.
1: Yeah, but but like even that scene where they kill Judy with the curling iron. Remember, it shows the, the the her in the doorway. It looks like Ricky to me in the doorway.
2: Yeah, there was a scene where Ricky actually had to wear a wig. Um, yeah, where it could not be like third person. I mean, fucking a first person. Um, but like, yeah, so he put on a wig and and did one of the couple of the scenes, I believe. But, but yeah, uh, so getting. Go ahead. I was gonna say like one of the final. Um, The final cringe scenes, you know, so to count it, there's going to be like four or five different pretty cringy, like risque kind of, uh, you know, themes and uh, scenes throughout the movie. But before that, I just
1: want to talk about like when they do find her uh, before, like she hangs dong and all that stuff, she's petting Paul's head and it goes to a memory and it's, it, it's the boy from the, the accident at the beginning. He's, he's bandaged. And, and it's the aunt again, the crazy aunt saying, oh, I've always wanted a little girl. I already have a little boy. So she dresses her up. And then she's like, oh, Angela. I like the name Angela. It's like you're, you're an angel or whatever she says, And, and uh, which is pretty crazy shit. And the aunt again is over the top. And then, yeah, then like you said, she gets up and uh, she's got that crazy face.
0: Perfect, man. Yeah. She did, did a great job
2: with crazy. that. <laughs> um, so obviously that wasn't her or Ricky. I guess the story behind that is they paid some young college kid to do it, and he had to get like absolutely hammered before it. So So it's just <laughs> some it's just some random college kid that got bare ass. I mean you do you see it but you don't, you know, but it's still still hanging dong for sure. Twigs and berries. Twix Wigan and Marys. Berries. Um, <laughs> too. So, yeah, and, and that's why, like, a lot of people... It's funny how they're, like... So this got a 6.3 in IMDb, and there was a lot of great reviews, but then there was those, like, ones, two, you know, scores where people were like, oh, the shock ending can't save this one. The acting was so bad. and It's like you can't look at one little thing and pick it apart. It's like this whole movie is kind of like uh, a package deal, you know? So, yeah, I mean... I thought, I figured I think six point three is is appropriate. I I would have thought a little bit higher, but um, I
0: I didn't like this when I first saw it. Like the first time I watched it, I probably wasn't watching it all the way through. But I'm like, oh man, this is just like cheesy camp horror, just a, just a, a Friday rip off. And then I watched. I'm like, all right. One day I sat. I'm like, I'm gonna. This is a cult classic. I'm gonna watch this thing all the way through and analyze it and really figure out why people love this movie. And now I it, I love the movie. I mean, I think it's a great movie. I think it's um, it's not underrated because it has a cult following. And um, like even Felissa still to this day has like tons of people reaching out to her about that movie. So generations have gone by, you know. So I, I think it's a great movie. I, I personally actually enjoy this better than Friday the 13th, the original in some ways. And I know that one's a cult classic too, but I, I really like, I like all of the uncomfortable 1980s social issues that they threw into this and they didn't do what you do today where they like fucking make sure they throw it in your face. And if you don't see it, they make you see it by, by throwing in one liners that make you have to see it. Like at the end, you know, today's standards, they would have, at the end shown Felisa Rose as a dude and been like, oh, my God, look at that trans with the axe. Like they have to actually identify it because we're not smart enough anymore to just say, wow, look at that. Like I, that's so shocking for the time. So that's what I like about it is you have to actually psychoanalyze it yourself without it without it being fed to you. And so it's, in my opinion, fucking way better than Friday the 13th. It's like, I I know a lot of people will be like, no way. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of Jason fans out there. But if you're going to go off of the original movie, I mean, in the content, this one has way more involved in it. Like I've already said.
1: Dude, I I 100% agree. I agree. I don't. But I I think Friday the 13th is a better movie. But uh, this is a good movie. I enjoyed both. Uh, but the original Friday the Thirteenth's off the hook, man. With the mother and shit, and that, that shit's crazy. It's good, and it's a, it's a fucking awesome revenge movie. And th- th- this is not so much a revenge movie. It's like whoever picks on her gets killed. You know, um, I don't think she goes there in the intent of killing people. I just don't think so. It's just everybody who fucks with either Ricky or her get killed, and that's that. But I want oh, one more fun fact. I have. I think this might be the last one I have. But uh, so Sleepaway Camp and Friday the Thirteenth Part Three inspired. Weird Al Yankovic song Nature <laughs> Trail to Hell. Ah, 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 ah. Which which cool album was films? that on? Oh no, but it's gotta be one of the early eighties ones, probably mid eighties or whatever. Dude, that
2: that's a riot. <laughs> yeah. I thought we, that was a funny one. But
0: Did uh, we did we bring up earlier I d I don't remember if you said it, Marco, about the um the canoe flip scene? Uh, fun fact about the canoe no, flip no. scene. Again, this is from uh, so. this is just citing uh, the source. Terror threads. Uh, fun fact number three from from this site says that during the canoe flipping scene, Kenny uh, lost a pretty large piece of his hand when it collided with a sharp rock at the bottom of the lake. And this is a quote from the actor John Dunn. He said, "After I had I was split open my hand. After I'd split open my hand, I was rushed to some hospital in the middle of nowhere, and they had no idea what to do with me." <laughs>
2: Dude, yeah,
0: probably probably the worst, uh, real brutal, horrific scene.
2: Because they are in the middle of nowhere too, so that that that's gonna be terrifying. You know, we we live in the Boston-ish area now, Kevin. You're in New Hampshire, but like we have great hospitals all around us. You know, mm-hmm. uh, imagine being an, imagine being East bombing like something like that happening. It's fucking terrifying.
0: Yeah, and the cast uh, is like, uh, what do we what do
2: we do? Uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, so is ass cheek onto it um so i have a few fun facts left so uh this was shot in early fall but it's set in obviously midsummer. so a lot of the trees and grass had to be painted to uh right. to kind of blend it in you can see at the very beginning the very very beginning before the boat scene there's like this kind of really cool like opening scene where it's just like very fall um and it's just kind of panning through the camp and, and you can tell it's definitely fall. And that's I just thought that was kind of funny that they it reminded me of like um you know when they filmed Halloween, they'd use gourds because, you know, they couldn't get pumpkins and they had to like bring in leaves and shit, you know. Some of the shit they do to, right. but you wouldn't know if you don't know, you know. And also, Marco, I just watched mm-hmm. a second ago. The the curling iron scene did happen before the the campers.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine.
2: That's I funny. just because I had it written in my notes, so i not. I just I don't know. I just thought I'd bring I it up. I just out. went um, by
1: the I just went by the order of what was said, and I just want to make a quick correction before you go on, Doug. It was actually Young Peter slash Angela that was played by the situations' brother. I made a mistake. I thought it was the kid with the bandana, or whatever the, the headband, but I was wrong. It's actually the little little Peter in the flashback scenes.
2: Oh, <laughs> okay, little Peter.
1: <laughs> little Peter. Little Angela, Peter. Whatever. Yeah.
2: Hey guys, are um, you
0: are you calling in from your apps tonight? The Podbean app. Yes. Yes. If you look at the chat room, can you guys see? I added the background as the uh, the poster from Sleepaway Camp.
1: The background of. Not... You guys don't see it. No. No. Let me go All back. I... Oh no, I can't exit.
0: Well, Podbean, you guys fucked that up. Yeah, it's, I I I was just changing the settings, and it it's supposed to work on the app. So I guess that's a that's a fail.
1: No, nah, it might it might work. You might just have to go back out and go back in, refresh it. But I don't, I I can't figure out a
2: way to do it without hanging up. So, um, so Kevin, you, you're a big fan of Joe Bob Briggs, right? Absolutely. Ha- have you ever seen the last dine in where, um, Felissa Rose is there as uh, the quote mangled dick expert? Yes. <laughs> have you seen that one? Like, have yeah, you actually seen yeah, it? Yeah,
0: that's actually so, so. That's that's where I watched. Sleepaway Camp again, and obviously, yeah, you get all the fun facts and stuff from Joe Bob.
2: Oh, Okay, all right. I'll have to watch that. Dude, watch it.
0: Yeah, it's great. I mean, and she's great. Again, she's great. You know, She's she just sounds like she's so, she's so fun.
2: Dude, I, I want to see it too. I kind of she think she's great. She might be one of my favorite scream queens, just because she's done after this. She was so young when this came out, and then she just pretty much did pure horror for the next 35 years, you know what I mean? Like you said, she's She's fun. She's like not super upper ass, you know. She's not a, uh, you know, douchey about it. You know, she's not arrogant. You know, she no, seems approachable.
0: He, yeah, she was on the. Um, I think it's Adam Green. I could be wrong, but the the dude who did the um, uh, uh, Crowley movies, and he he does this like this stupid like five minute thing with. It's called like sleepovers with Adam Green or something. And they and he has uh he has some actors over and they chat and stuff and it's they're just like super down to earth and chill. And she was one of them, and she's great on
2: that too. So that's why I wish we could. I wish we could get her on. We'll do. Maybe we can do like a, like we were saying before, like a, after the cast, you know, like a little follow up, you know, because don't forget, you know, she wasn't another one of the, you know, she wasn't a number two, she wasn't number three, but she was in that 2008 remake, the uh, Return of Sleepaway Camp.
0: Right. Maybe we'll get Phyllis on. All right, Katrina, since I know uh, you're listening, you just don't want to be on, but I know you're listening.
2: Marco, you uh, want to yeah, share with the rest just... of the room? Yeah, no, no, no,
1: no. I was just going through IDB, and I just, I ran into the mangled dick expert and it made me laugh.
0: <laughs> Dude, I, I say, did, did you... the same thing. I'm like, Marco, That's do we not, exactly do, we not get Kat- do we not get Katrina because you sent her a dick pic on Instagram or something?
1: I, I did not, but hey, but it but it really does say it. I I I, I thought Doug was fucking around, but it says last drive-in with Joe Briggs. TV series. She's
2: on it as the bagled dick expert, and she's doing and she's doing the iconic face too, which I think is awesome.
1: I didn't see that. I'm just seeing it on IMDb. It's fucking hilarious, man. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, this I'm gonna have to watch my, that now. My
2: damn mind. Um. So. <laughs> Uh, one last thing, Mike Kellen, uh, who played the old creepy Mel, he died of lung cancer three months before this was released. So that kind of, I'm sure he was a good actor too. You know, he was in a ton of shit. I know he's a scumbag in this, but like in real life, I guess he was a good guy. So like, like American Jim, Jim Varney, you know, gone from lung cancer way too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, please, yeah,
0: no, I, no, I we discovered
2: his death today. Yeah.
0: Ernest Free in 2021, please. Ernest Free.
2: Um, so, Kev, I have a question for you. Since you're a humongous American Horror Story 1984 fan, did you, did you see any nods or... Oh, my God, the face scene just popped up on the TV. Did you see any nods or Easter eggs from Sleepaway Camp? Um... That you remember? I
0: can't remember at this point, but, I mean... It would make sense because of where it takes place. I mean that that whole show is basically revolved around Friday the Thirteenth and and Sleepaway Camp.
2: Yeah, I, I'm like three episodes deep, and I I've only really seen much, but there's so much going on. It's awesome.
0: I we we've watched it three times. I mean, mostly because of just the time period, the cheese. It, it's a good storyline. And it'll 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 deviate even further from the storyline that's that's going on, you know, because it get, it gets into a lot of stuff between you know uh, serial killer and paranormal and, and I mean it's that's what I love about it. There's so much shit you're like, what the fuck! But it's got great music. I mean, again, just just the '80s are awesome. So, but I can't think of anything specific. You, I could probably make something up, and you you know you could make it relative to that. So
2: that's true. I don't know if there was anything that just kind of jumped out at you, but. Um, all right, one more question for the both of you. I know we were talking about this earlier, and it would be completely different in this day and age, but how would you guys feel about like a remake with this story? No. I you think it would just kind of ruin no. it completely? No. Yeah,
1: I'm against it, too. I just don't think it needs to be remade. I think it's perfect the way it is. The you Craft,
0: The Legacy, that's it. Mic drop. Oh, Black Christmas, mm-hmm. mic drop.
2: My Buddy Valentine, mic drop. Yeah, but even okay, <laughs> but, but, I'm but, just
0: kidding. But with I'm... It, no, 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 but you're, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, you couldn't even, you know, Supernatural couldn't fucking save that, but but it doesn't, but, but I mean with the social issues tied to it, you could not do that today. It just wouldn't, it would, like I said, it would be so in your face woke culture bullshit. You'd be like, oh my God, I just want to watch the movie and fucking figure it out for myself. Yeah, I don't need you to throw shit in my fucking face. Does
1: that
2: kind yeah, of bum agree, you out yeah, though?
1: Yeah, man. I think it would be completely different, like uh, like Kevin was saying. But there are... Evil Dead, man. Great remake. There, there are some good remakes out there, but Absolutely. the majority of them suck balls. And uh, I don't want to see it. I really don't want to see it remade. I think it's good the way it was. It, it belongs in that early 80s, or just 80s in general, like, campy horror. That's what it is, man, and that's what it should be. It should be anything else. It, It'll should, be yeah. done,
0: and it's going to be Jordan Peele.
1: <laughs> probably, yeah, probably, probably,
2: dude. I wouldn't doubt but, it. I wouldn't doubt it. All right, I, I feel the same exact way. I figured you guys would too, but I figured it would be interesting to bring up just because, yeah, such a weird, fucked up PC world.
0: Yeah, no, I'd yeah, I, I, be a
2: hard no. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty no. anti-remake. I mean, I hated The Nightmare on Elm Street. I actually didn't mind the Friday the 13th remake, I thought that was actually pretty good. But uh, for the most part, man, yeah, like ninety percent of them are fucking terrible.
0: I keep speaking That's of, of uh, Nightmare. I keep hearing rumors of them trying to get one more with Robert England in before he wants to do one more. He's he's still he's like I can do it, I can do it.
1: So oh, I'm just, who knows? I'm sure, he'd do as many as he can.
0: Yeah, who knows? But that would be great. It'd be great. cool,
1: man. You just got to get a really good writer behind it. You know, obviously, Russ Craven's gone. And I know he didn't do the majority. He only did what? He did one, Russ Craven's New Nightmare. And I think, I don't that's even it. know if he did three, but I know he had a hand in it.
0: Yeah, that's it. He Like, the only ones he really touched were were the first, and then his, uh, West Craven's New Nightmare.
1: But he had a hand in three, though. I think he was, like, a producer, so he had some say in it or some S-
0: shit. Something, Yeah.
1: And, though, and like two of those three are like two, probably my two favorites. So, you know what I mean? It's, I don't want to do too many spoilers on that one. Cause we got, you know, a show in a few months from now about that shit, but. Yeah. Right. Well, but on that note, I mean, I think that's it. We've pretty
0: much covered it. Uh, I think we all agree. We, we love the movie. I mean, it's a recommend if you haven't seen it. I know a lot of people look at it and they're like, yeah, it can't be shit. Yeah. The acting's not great. Um, but but for what it's worth, it's a really, really good movie. I mean, there's a lot going on in it that you you just need to watch and figure out for yourself. Pay attention. If you fall asleep through the first five minutes of it, then you might as well just fucking turn it off because you're going to miss the entire point of the movie. So
1: Yeah, I'm going to say really, this. Really, it's a, a fun movie with some yeah. uncomfortable moments.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And it's a time period piece too, you know what I mean? Like it's,
0: drone it's... Uncomfortable
2: yeah yeah man yep <laughs> i love uh, it but anyway yeah man so it did spawn uh three three sequels uh sleep camp two unhappy camper sleep wake camp three teenage wasteland and then return to sleep wake camp and that other one like i said never existed um we won't get into those tonight because i actually want to cover those at some point or at least number two yeah, I feel number yeah. I, I feel number three was a little bit rushed because they slapped two and three. They filmed it within a five week period, so I feel like number two had all the quality, but number three kind of it was a a teeny bit rushed. And then Return of Sleepaway Camp is kind of it's a good you know two thousand eight. You know, wasn't as PC back then, and it's not as uh, cringy as the original, but it's definitely worth a watch too. And she she's in it, and uh, you're you're. Uh, camel Tail boy there, uh, Mike, the counselor, is in it, Kev? Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, And then there are a few things that mean – all right. So in Sleepway Camp 2, there is uh, – and I don't know why, but me and Mark always talk about this. In, in one of the bunks, in one of the cabins, on the back wall, there's um, Death Angels, the ultraviolence on vinyl, like, hanging on the wall. And then an end scene that's just flotsam and jetsam, and doomsday – uh, for the deceiver, just like on the couch at the last scene for some reason. that, And I don't yeah, know what the Metal Connection the is. But yeah, it's yeah. awesome. I'm like, that is the best thing I've ever seen. I don't know why. Yeah. All right. All
1: right Kevin's played with sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, guys. I think we've uh, said all we got to say. This has been a yeah. fun one, man. I, I really enjoyed this one. It's been yeah, a good one.
0: Gonna... Yep. We are, uh, we're glad we covered this one. Just want to thank everybody for listening, tuning in. We're sorry that we were a month behind, but we're going to get back on track. Uh, We want to just ask you, if you can, go on iTunes and give us a five-star review. It helps push us to the top, helps get us out there. We want to thank all of our fans in Ireland and all of the other countries that have been listening. We really, really appreciate the support. So thank you very much for your support. This is Kev.
2: Marco. And Angela. (laughs) (laughs) have
0: a great night guys thank you very much
2: word
1: to your mother